Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. For those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a research firm tracking the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of the UK's leading software, ICT and telecom services and digital companies, as well as the international companies operating in the UK market. The idea of this show is that I'm trying to synthesize the huge amount of research that we produce on a monthly basis at Megabyte, um, pull out the key themes uh, of, of, the, of that research, particularly around uh, deal flow and valuations, and try and understand what that means for the outlook going forward. It's been an incredibly busy month for the team at Megabyte, one of the busiest that we can remember. And the team have analysed over 200 company results and transactions uh, and written content around those and produced proprietary data for our subscribers to try and understand uh, what that all means for those companies in the markets in which, in which they operate. In, in doing that and in, in, in analysing those, uh, those results and transactions, the guys have spoken to over 60 companies uh, over the last month, um, including the likes of Opus 2, Thunderhead, Jola, uh, Glide, Radius Payments, uh, M247, Babel, Softcat, um, Access Technology Group, Dotmatics, Excepta, Clarinet, Autorex, Sabio, and many, many others besides. And they've synthesised those management conversations into really uh, independent, pithy research uh, to be provided to our subscribers about the financial performance and in particularly in, in March about the deal flow that we've seen. If you think that that uh, research is, is uh, potentially interesting to you and your company and you're not already a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing that you can do is to go to our website at megabyte.com, hit the request a trial button and our customer team will be there to help you out. So before I dive into the meat of the show this uh, month, I want to just stop a second, just uh, talk a little bit about our CEO Summit. Uh, this is a, an online event that we started last year. It was originally intended to be a physical event, um, but for obvious reasons, uh, we switched it online. It, it turned out to be so successful as an online event, we've kept it that way for 2021. And we will be running this year a series of eight online sessions through the year in four pairs starting on the 20th and 21st of April with two sessions kindly sponsored by Rothschilds and Nat West. The theme for this conference, the conference this year is slightly different from last year. When we, when we did the conference last year, everyone was really starting to talk quite a lot about accelerated digital disruption as a result of COVID. Uh, and what we did is we took a long lens on some of those trends and said, okay, so what's going to happen over the next five to 10 years if we extrapolate that forward? And we had some great panel sessions and discussions about what that meant for different parts of the market. What we want to do this year is we want to bring that back into some of the shorter term trends and say, okay, uh, that's great long term. What does it mean? What are the real short term, two to three years? Where should companies be focusing in their markets to drive growth in a post-COVID world? And uh, as I say, the first two sessions are on the 20th and 21st of April. The first one will look at those software trends at a high level, the second one at ICT and digital services, and then through the year we will focus down on some of the more specific peer groups we track at Megabyte through those following six sessions. The conference is, is free to attend. You don't have to be a Megabyte subscriber to attend that. You do have to be a CXO of one of the companies we follow or equivalent or a senior investor and advisor. If you are one of those things, we'd love to hear from you and you can register um, at the dedicated website for the conference. Um, probably the best thing to do is just to Google uh, Megabyte CEO Summit and the link will come up and you can register very easily uh, through the website and you can also see, uh, see the details of the conferences. We've got some great speakers for the first two sessions from the likes of Fortero, uh, from uh, Causeway, Servalec, Unit4, Gamma, Agilisys, Kanos, Zalian, um, CEOs or equivalent uh, of those businesses talking about what they see as the shorter term growth trends in their market as we come out of the, uh, come out of the pandemic. So 
we'd love to uh, welcome many of you to those uh, to those sessions. So before I dive into the meat of the show, just to give you a few um, ideas about uh, what are the kind of key takeaways for, for this month. And as I sort of alluded to earlier, uh, March was an incredibly busy month for deals, the busiest that we can remember really for a long time. We registered 129 deals on our database, up from 73 in March of 2020, which uh, actually was quite a busy month, uh, surprisingly, I guess, compared to given what was going on or, or we, you know, going into the pandemic. We typically register 50 to 60 deals on our database a month. So it was a very, very busy month and it was across the board. So we registered 75 M&A transactions up from 50 last year and we registered 46 PE uh, and private capital transactions uh, up from 19 in the previous year and, uh, and also a doubling of capital markets transactions, although uh, up from four to eight, the numbers are quite small, but the big change there is around IPOs and I'll touch on that. The, one of the big drivers, obviously, for deal flow in March, particularly around M&A and some of the smaller deals, but across the board really was the perceived and actually didn't, the perceived changes to capital gains tax, which never actually materialised, but that was a, definitely a driver of, of activity. And we're already feeling like April's going to be a bit quieter than March as a lot of those deals were effectively brought forward. Uh, so very busy. Uh, CGT is a driver. Um, the IPO wave uh, that we have been predicting in the UK, obviously it's been very busy in the US uh, over the, for, for months now, but the IPO wave we've been predicting in the UK has really started to happen. I'll touch on some of the, some of the key data points around that with some interesting, not only what's happened in March, but what we're expecting to happen over the coming uh, weeks and months. Interestingly, despite all of this incredibly busy background, it was actually quite a muted uh, quite a muted period for capital markets. Uh, the stock markets were pretty flat here in the UK in the technology sector and actually down in the US, uh, which is the first time that's happened for a little while. And um, really, I think what we're seeing there, and I'll talk about this, is a, there's been some, some switch out of uh, high growth stocks into cyclical stocks as people have been expecting the macroeconomic or more confident about the macroeconomic recovery coming through post-COVID. Final takeaway really is just around valuations and we've seen quite a few data points over the last month to support our sort of pretty established view now that uh, valuations in most parts of the market, the technology sector are higher than they were pre-COVID and I'll give a few examples of why I think uh, deals that have happened over the last month that I think that support that view. So um, that's a key, uh, that is a key, uh, that is a, a quick summary of the key takeaways. Um, I'll come back in a minute and talk about IPO activity and capital markets, and then go on to talk about private equity and M&A. So to focus in on what's been happening in the capital markets, uh, here in the UK, our uh, Megabyte Universe index of around 100 UK listed tech stocks was uh, pretty flat in March, up very slightly, 0.6% uh, with, again, ICT and digital services slightly outperforming uh, their software cousins. And in terms of valuations, the overall current year EV EBITDA valuation uh, increased slightly from 15 to 15 and a half times. And within that, the software valuation at just under 20 times and the ICT services valuation at uh, 14 times, just under 14 times, and all of those up slightly in the month. For the wider context, the FTSE 250 here in the UK was up 1.4% in March. So the tech industry, tech stocks in the UK underperforming the wider market. And uh, the performance in the US was, was, was very weak really in March uh, with the NASDAQ down 2.5%. So some choppiness, uh, some choppiness in the markets in the US. 
And what's really going on both on both sides of the Atlantic is something of a switch from growth stocks into uh, cyclical stocks as investors get a bit excited about what might be happening in terms of uh, recovery post-COVID in more traditional sectors such as transport. So that, I think, is what has caused some of the weakness rather than any specific issues with the technology sector uh, per se. And it seems likely to me that that's going to continue for a little while. In terms of deal activity in the capital markets, uh, eight transactions, as I mentioned earlier on, in total in the UK, uh, up from four this time last year. So, so, so strong growth and all of that growth really is in the IPO uh, elements of the market where there were really none this time last year. Uh, three follow-on, well, technically four follow-on public offerings, three small ones, and one with a company called Advanced AVT, which I'll talk on about in a sec. I really think of that as an IPO, frankly, and I'll explain why. Four um, other IPOs, uh, during uh, during March. The biggest and most high profile of those was Deliveroo. You don't need me to tell you that um, uh, that was a, uh, a difficult transaction, I think is the, is the understatement. Deliveroo uh, valued at 7.6 uh, billion sterling at its um, IPO price. That was at the lower range of expectations that had been previously set and uh, the shares dropped very dramatically, 30% at one point on the first day of trading, which is exactly the opposite of what you want and expect to happen with a uh, sought-after tech IPO. So, you know, that, that's been a really high-profile problem for, for, for Deliveroo. Interestingly, though, from my perspective, the most important aspect of that is, does that mean, what does that mean for the wider IPO market here in London and more broadly? And from my perspective, although it can't help, uh, I think a lot of the problems with Deliveroo are, of, are specific to that company, primarily around, in my view and others' view, the unit economics of that business model, particularly in the UK, are not fully proven yet. And secondly, um, there are the uh, employee relations issues around uh, the gig economy, which obviously Uber has been uh, uh, struggling with recently in the UK and elsewhere. And Deliveroo arguably has the same same issues, which is which was weighing on the sentiment of the IPO. So, although it can't help, I don't think it's going to have a fundamental impact or is having a fundamental impact on IPO sentiment. Um, but we shall see. In terms of uh, other IPOs, I touched briefly on Advanced ADVT. This is the, a shell company that actually listed uh, late last year. And this is Marwin Capital and uh, Vin Muria, who many of you will know uh, as a, a very successful entrepreneur and businesswoman in the UK tech sector, um, but has been absent, largely absent other than non-exec positions from the UK tech sector, from the listed UK tech sector for the last few years, since she exited Advanced Computer Software a few years ago. So Vin's now raised 130 million through this vehicle along with Marwin. And um, it's going to be fascinating to see how that capital gets deployed because uh, Vin is not known for overpaying for businesses. And we do find ourselves in a, uh, in a, 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 a part of the cycle where valuations are very high, a stroke bubble in bubble territory, arguably. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Vin is able to, or if she's able to find value for that 130 million that was raised through advanced ADVT. Um, and we, we, we await to see what happens there with interest. Uh, Trustpilot made it onto the market during March, although I talked about that quite a lot during uh, last month's show. That listed at a billion sterling. Share price didn't move very much. It's only slightly above uh, where it listed, so not a runaway success, that one. ActiveOps, on the other hand, a B2B software company, 120 million sterling, smaller but very interesting company, uh, off to a much better start, significant premium to its, uh, to its IPO price. And I think hopefully will open the door to more I'm going to call them traditional tech businesses, I mean, as opposed to the digital businesses 
that we're seeing in the likes of Deliveroo and uh, Trustpilot, hopefully open the door to more of those as we go through 2021. So overall, a very active market for IPOs during March. In terms of what we see in the SPAC market, this is uh, these special acquisition companies that, of which there are over 400 now in the US uh, that are raising money for specific purposes. Many of them focus on the technology sector. Uh, they raise a small amount of money at IPO and then uh, go and acquire a larger asset uh, within two years, they need to do it within two years or they have to return the money. So there's a real pressure for those businesses to, to do deals. I've warned and others have warned that those SPACs might, as they look for deals in Europe, might rob IPOs both in London and elsewhere in Europe or rob, rob those IPOs from the markets. The one that happened in March that was a real biggie was Kazoo. This is Alex Chesterman's uh, uh, used car vehicle platform, uh, which um, was acquired by a SPAC uh, during March for $8 billion. So that's pretty decent for a uh, for a business that was only founded two or three years ago. So, you know, some real hype around that business. It'll be interesting to see whether it justifies that kind of valuation over the next few years. But from my perspective, probably the more significant thing is that we are seeing a little bit of this um, SPAC versus IPO, but not perhaps as much as we thought and still a very healthy IPO market in London at the moment. And we think that will probably con continue. What do I mean about what, what? What do we think about that in terms of what's coming next? Well, we talk. I talk about Dark Trace every month, and it does seem to be now getting closer to its IPO. Talking now about a three billion sterling valuation, um, which is somewhat lower than they talked about previously. Probably we shouldn't be that surprised about it, given the uh, some of the negative sentiment that's appeared in the press and elsewhere around that company's uh, connections with Mike Lynch and autonomy. But even at three billion sterling, I th we think that's probably around a 20 times uh, revenue multiple. So um, no, not a shabby valuation by anyone's estimation. So uh, you know that we, we very much hope to see Dark Trace on the market in the near future. Transferwise, now called Wise, is also talking about a, a substantial valuation at around seven billion sterling, probably in London. And, and at the smaller end, but still very interesting, is Pension B, which is a pen pension transfer platform, uh, raising um, or being valued at uh, a mooted 350 million sterling. So. We are seeing more digital companies coming, or that's the plan. And I do also think that, uh, as I said, that we will see, I hope to see more uh, traditional B2B tech companies, both in terms of software and services coming to the market through this year in the UK. So pretty positive picture on the uh, transactions and actually share prices have, have performed very well so far in, uh, in April. So the weakness we saw in March does seem to have been relatively short lived. But I think we will see some, 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 some volatility uh, as this sort of shift into cyclicals continues through the summer. Um, I talked about it in, in some detail last month and I continue to believe that the biggest threat to uh, tech sector valuations over the next sort of two to three years is the potential for uh, significantly increased inflation uh, um, uh, as a result of, 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 of a very, ra very rapid re recovery in, in economic activity post-COVID uh, and that leading to higher interest rates and that pulling uh, capital out of the technology sector. Who knows whether that will happen, but I still think that's a big risk. But underneath it all, there are very, very strong structural growth drivers in the technology sector that I think will out ultimately. So, um, you know, you've got the, the slight um, battle between those two things over the next period. So that's a quick canter through what's happening in the capital markets. I'll talk next about what is happening in private equity and venture capital. So focusing in on uh, private equity and venture capital, very, very busy month here again with, as I said earlier in the show, 46 deals in total up from 19 in March 2020. So more than double the number of deals uh, the, uh, than a year ago. 
and it was really busy across the board when we look at all different types of deals within uh, private equity and venture capital. Within management buyouts, where I think the uh, capital, the worries about changes to capital gains tax was a particular driver, uh, 12 deals reported in uh, in March compared to four in the uh, in the same month in 2020. Secondary buyouts, uh, seven deals compared to just one in March 2020, as I think things were starting to, to tail off in terms of activity as we went into the into the COVID downturn. And in, uh, in venture and growth capital, 27 deals, um, more than double in, in, uh, than in March 2020. So really substantial growth in deal activity across the board. Um, too many deals really to go to in, 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 into individual de deals in too much detail, uh, given the time that we have. Subscribers obviously can get details of our coverage and data on these deals on our platform. But I want to really just focus on a couple of key themes. I talked about at the, at the beginning of the show about how there were some data points that we'd seen during March that really solidified our view about um, valuations, particularly in mid-market private equity, stabilising at rates higher than they were pre-COVID. And a few deals I want to talk about with regard to that, particularly secondary buyouts. So three deals to focus on, uh, Opus 2, Acceptor and Node 4. Um, the first two of those both done by Astorg, which has been a very active investor in the sector over the last few months. And Quick caveat, as, as we often do, is that the, the, the valuations I'll talk about in these three deals are all megabyte estimates, but we are pretty confident in the level of these estimates. So I think we can we can base some, th some thinking on, on these. Opus 2 in the legal tech space, we think about a 200 million pound deal and Acceptor in FinTech uh, in about a 400 million pound deal. But crucially, both of those deals we think done at above 20 times EV EBITDA. Uh, and actually in Acceptor's case, probably significantly above 20 times. And we were talking about uh, pre-COVID, high quality, larger software deals being done in the high, uh, mid, really high teens, just about getting towards 20. We now really do see increasing data points to suggest that good quality software businesses trading in the mid-market, so 200 million and above, or maybe even a bit smaller than that, um, the, 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 the valuations will almost inevitably start with a two now. So. Although maybe not quite as punchy as we talked about 30 is the new 20, it definitely feels like that is the, uh, that is the new reality post-COVID. And a similar dynamic at a lower level for uh, ICT services deals as exemplified by Node 4. Uh, tertiary buyout for Node 4 going from Bowmark into Providence Equity at what we think was about a 350 million sterling deal, uh, 14 times run rate EBITDA. And again, high quality, growing, uh, ICT services businesses with a high degree of recurring revenue um, are now trading in the mid-teens, whereas previously they would have been trading uh, pre-COVID tra trading probably more in the low teens. Obviously, the, within IT consulting, we're seeing even higher valuations, but focusing on the sort of core infrastructure telecom services piece, that's where we feel things are. So whether you're talking about software or whether you're talking about ICT services, we think we're, we're really stabilising at those high valuations post-COVID. Whether we see further inflation remains to be seen, but we definitely feel that those valuations are, are kind of baked in for the time being. Switching then to quick commentary on venture and growth capital. Uh, as I said earlier, very busy month. Uh, um, February was anomalously quiet, but it is a it can be quite a volatile data series uh, in venture capital. It was a billion pound, another billion pound month for fundraisers, with three particularly big deals taking up most of that the most of that capital. Uh, SNCC in the cybersecurity space, uh, Starling obviously in fintech, and, and Hopin in the events online events, raising over 200 million sterling each. And 
three really kind of interesting areas outside of those sort of mega deals, um, mega-ish deals in this, in this day and age. FinTech remains a really focused area for venture capital, obviously, Starling being the biggie, but also in the payments area, PPR Pro and, uh, and Pollinate raising money. So keeping that whole FinTech uh, um, uh, kind of trend going, six deals of the 27 in FinTech uh, during March. Enterprise software across all areas, KYC, HR software, HCM software, data management, still very strong. Over a third of deals in March were in, uh, were in, uh, in the enterprise software space in venture and growth capital. And interestingly, an area that's sort of emerging more is healthcare, five of the 25, five of the 27 deals, sorry, uh, in March were in the healthcare space. Not a huge number, but actually significantly up on previous months. And we've obviously seen healthcare as a real driver of um, of interest, investor interest during the COVID era for obvious reasons. But we haven't really seen that translating into deal flow, particularly in growth of venture capital. Um, and actually, to be fair, these five deals were all in the kind of A, Series A, Series B area. So they were quite small, but I think possibly a sign of things to come as we see um, more healthcare deals uh, through this year. But we will, we will see what the statistics and what the deal flow looks like over the coming months. So that was a quick canter through private equity and venture capital. Um, in terms of what we think about the outlook, uh, again, the CGT aspect of things where we think some of the deal flow may have been brought forward, particularly in management buyouts, uh, and just generally uh, might mean that it's a little bit quieter over the next few months. But fundamentally, we think, for all the reasons I talk about regularly on this show, in terms of wall of private equity money, very strong underlying fundamentals in the sector, and so on, that the deal outlook it remains very positive. We might just see a little bit, uh, things being a little bit quieter during April and May. Um, and so uh, overall very strong. So I think that was a quick canter through uh, private equity venture capital. Um, the last section in the, uh, in the show this month will be uh, on M&A and I'll come back and talk about that very shortly. So last but definitely not least uh, is a look through the uh, M&A activity during March and uh, as with other parts of the sector, very, very active for M&A activity in the month. 75 deals reported on our database uh, in March, uh, up from 50 in March 2020, so very, very active. And uh, within that, 31 ICT services deals and 44 software deals, so a slight bias towards software, but more balanced than we saw last month. In terms of the kind of key themes, Probably three areas, the three kind of things I want to touch on. A couple of areas of the market and one deal in particular before wrapping up with the outlook. Um, uh, as with other areas of the market, the, uh, the CGT or concerns about a potential rise in CGT was definitely a feature in the, uh, the M&A market in March and was definitely a key driver behind some of the heightened activity we've seen. Enterprise software continues to be one of the key areas in M&A with 21 of the 75 deals uh, during March in, in that part of the market. And we've seen Access uh, Technology Group uh, active again with two acquisitions. Sage has been acquiring Total Mobile. Um, idea gen in the quoted space, all con all completing deals amongst many others during uh, during during the month. Second area of interest, I think, is telecom services. Again, a, a, an area which is always active for M&A. It is a consolidating part of the market, and the dynamics are given to that. But I think an interest, just interesting to pull out a couple of the kind of underlying themes driving some of the M&A, as well as just scale uh, synergies that we see a lot in telecom services. Firstly, convergence. Talking about convergence and 
Obviously, this is something that we've talked about for a long time at Megabyte, but has accelerated along with so many other things that have accelerated over the last 12 months, particularly with regard to uh, converged communications, particularly around video, around Teams and other uh, platforms. And very interesting in that context to see content and cloud. This is a, uh, an ECI-backed business that used to be called business used to be called IT Lab, changed its name recently. Um, they acquired SIPCOM in the unified comm space. So very much a, an IT services business buying, very much a telecom services business. Um, quite a punchy, quite a bold move, 40 million pound deal. And um, really just another, we think quite a key data point signpost on that sort of convergence journey. We've seen quite a lot of kind of telecom services businesses buying IT services. We've seen very little of it going the other way. And we think, so we think this deal was, was, was significant, partly for that reason and partly just because of around the whole Microsoft stack as well. <coughs> The other business I wanted to touch on, partly just because it's becoming such a significant player in the industry, is Savio. Um, obviously, a, a very acquisitive business anyway, but it, uh, completed two deals during March, um, Make Positive and Phonetic. And I think, uh, as well as I say, it just Savio becoming a very significant player in the market. It also um, was interesting, particularly the uh, the Make Positive deal uh, around the Salesforce uh, around Salesforce skills is a, is an interesting deal when we're looking at the trend towards towards um, businesses that have historically been more around infrastructure services adding uh, consulting skills into the mix. Whether that in this case, you've got obviously around a product, PeopleSoft, uh, sorry, not PeopleSoft, Salesforce, um, but you've also got the same thing happening around SAP to, to, to a large degree with quite a lot of M&A, particularly last month I touched on that. Um, or whether it's just general digital transformation skills all in demand at the moment. And we're seeing that as in terms of a sort of strong growth driver. We're seeing it in terms of um, M&A driving, uh, driving M&A activity, as I've just touched on, but also in terms of, of, of driving investor activity. And we saw a number of deals in that, in that part of the market last month, um, private equity deals uh, in that part of the market last month. So that's a really interesting kind of aspect to, I suppose I'm covering under telecom services, but it's more a uh, convergence of telecom services, infrastructure services and IT consulting. So convergence in a different sense, if you like. So busy in enterprise software, busy in telecom services, um, in terms of the deal I wanted to touch on was Dotmatics. This is a, a software business in the life sciences space, very high quality software business backed by SCP. That was acquired during March um, by a US business called Insightful Science for a reported 500 million pounds. And uh, that is a, uh, a valuation of 16 to 17 times trailing EV sales. So looking at that in the context of what I talked about in the last section about um, good quality secondary buyout businesses, uh, secondary buyouts in software being in the 20 something times now, whereas they previously might have been in the high teens. If you can find the strategic buyer, particularly US strategic buyer, uh, then you know you can better that significantly. Uh, and, and that was sort of seen here with the Dotmatics deal. So a fantastic outcome for SCP and the team at Dotmatics and many congratulations to them for that. So. Um, obviously, as with the case with all the other transactions, too many to talk about in detail, but all of the detail of the data and the, 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 the guys written content on those deals, we, we will speak to most of the management teams of these significant deals before we're writing on them. So really um, high quality, independent and well-sourced uh, analysis of these transactions. So if you're a subscriber, go and take a look at that. 
In terms of the outlook, similar trend to what we saw, uh, what I've been talking about with other, other uh, asset classes during March, which is really around CGT and the potential that some of these deals were brought forward into March uh, because of worries about increased CGT. So we might see a quieter period in April and May, remains to be seen, but that's a, a distinct possibility. Um, but the fundamentals in M&A remain strong as they do elsewhere in the market. So that's it for this month. Um, before I wrap up, just a quick reminder about the CEO Summit. We'd really like to see uh, many of you uh, uh, join us in April the 20th and 21st for the first two sessions in that eight series, uh, series of eight sessions through the year. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, if you'd like to register for those, probably the best thing to do is to search uh, Megabyte CEO Summit and you will be taken, you will find your way to the dedicated website we have for that and the registration page is there. So we hope to see you at that. Other than that, that's it for this month. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, very much look forward to seeing you again next month. And in the meantime, please stay safe.